Good morning, everybody out there. We're sitting at the prophet's table again here in lovely New Zealand. I'm here with my son-in-law, Judah Martin. We've come down here to the end of the world to escape the things that are coming upon the world today. Uh, but we've got our families back home, our mothers, a lot of people that we love. So we want to give this podcast today and with our loved ones, specifically back home in mind today, we want to try to bring revelation and prophetic insight into the events that are happening in America, specifically today. Judah, you were, as you came in the house today, you were saying that you'd heard that there'd been some more race issues last night. Yeah, um, it seems I haven't gotten too deep into it yet, but um, that there was an unarmed black man who was shot um, during a police incident uh, where he was just trying to enter his vehicle. Um, apparently he was shot seven times in the back. I'm sure we'll get some more details mm. um, as we... In Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, as we uh, move forward. Um, but, you know, I would say, rightly so, people are um, very affected by this. You know, this comes on the back of... You know the already volatile situation in the United States, mm. um, the George Floyd protests, and yeah. you know the. Um, I would say it's this awareness of um, injustice that seems that it's been happening. Um, you know, and it's just not a good time. It's kind of like a, a boiling point. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm a bit concerned about what's going to come out after all this. And then was there somebody else, uh, another black man that was shot? You said maybe in Louisiana just last night? or uh, I believe it was Friday. Um, and yes, uh, it was a, another um, black man who was shot. Um, Trayford Pellin, I believe his name was. Uh, but he was shot, um, I think, it was, I, I don't want to speculate on the details because I don't have it all ironed out. But um, yes, and so they're also protesting in Louisiana at this point. So this, this la latest shooting in Wisconsin would have happened um, after that first shooting in Louisiana. so It scares me, uh, you know, to see the division between the races becoming more and more evident, and these issues seem to, you know, propagate it even more so. It makes it, you know, puts it on the news, it, it puts it in everybody's mind, and it, it's just stirring the pot, really, every time one of these issues happens. You know, I... I heard where New York City has just defunded a billion dollars from their police program, a billion, because of you know the George Floyd issue. Right. That you know that I think about your mom and your dad and your sister being in New York, and you know it's just not it's not something you want to hear that this disturbances uh, are setting the stage for probably even a greater evil. Mm. You know, without without law and order and policemen to you know se secure the streets, you know what was to keep the nation from falling? What's was to keep a city like that from failing? Mm. And a another great issue for me is is the, the millions of Jewish people that live in those regions. I know that we've discussed this in the past quite a bit between us as we're out working on fences or working sheep or whatever we're doing here right. in our little safety zone, that there's being staged, you know, the greater exodus mm. uh, back home in America. You, you know, you've got Eretz Israel, the nation of Israel, was declared in 1948, and God says, I will bring my people home, and I will revisit them in a time of great prosperity and spiritual renewal and mm -hmm. physical renewal that he will even send Elijah the prophet you know to propagate it and to instigate it and to be involved in it I think for the most part a lot of Christians don't even entertain the idea that God has a another period of time where he will visit his own nation his own people <laughs> I remember the first time I had the revelation that Jesus was Jewish. Right. Know. Yeah. Well, you know, actually his real name is Yeshua. There's no J in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, so Yochin Vav Ayan, Yeshua, which means salvation in Hebrew. So, I, I mean, the scripture says that he will save his people, Israel. So, uh, I think the world's being staged and propagated for that. But for the people back home, the Americans specifically, because, you know, he, he, he says, I will cause this greater exodus, and no longer will they remember and, and, and give the, the annual rendition of the peace soccer Passover coming out of Egypt, but they will celebrate a new Passover mm -hmm. that says, Blessed be the Lord that brought us out of all the nations and the nations of the north specifically. That's Jeremiah chapter 16. Mm. So, I, you know, I look at New York City as kind of the bullseye of this greater exodus that's about to take place. And how strange it is that you came into our family. You know, we're, we were farmers in Texas. I had the spirit moving on me saying, send my daughter to Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. she, at first she didn't want to listen to me. And then she came home one day and she said, dad, I'm going to apply for a scholarship. If I get the scholarship, I'll go. Mm -hmm. She applied for that whole person scholarship one, one out of two spots, and got sent there a free ride to Oral Roberts. Right, yeah. Well, what was your side of that? I, it's, it was the only school I applied to, honestly. I just yeah. knew I was supposed to go there. Um, you know, I think a lot of factors in my life were leading me to that point. Um, but it was God's purpose playing out in my life, you know, His plan. Um, you know, and it's been the greatest blessing of my life. So, so you ended up in Tulsa. Yes. The yeah. same time Tabitha ended up right. in Tulsa, mm -hmm. and now we have our families are joined, and and we have new life that's come from that union. Mm. And you know, thank you for your faithfulness to go to Tulsa. And uh, but here we are now, at the end of the world. You know, literally down in the corner of the bottom of the Pacific. You know, in our little sanctuary, mm. I, I I like what Psalms when when before God told me to come here, you know Psalms ninety one He was showing it to me. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow or the cloud. Well, the Hebrew word there for cloud is zeal. Mm. Uh, when I was praying and fasting about what God was telling me to do to move to the end of the world because there was difficulties coming on America, extreme things that are going to happen mm -hmm. that are going to propagate a greater exodus of the Jewish remnant and of the Christian remnant. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that God's not interested in Christendom anymore. He's going to take a remnant of the Christian people, and we're, we're a part of that remnant, I believe. Mm. But we're changing dispensations right now. We're in the middle of the change of a dispensation to where God is, uh, we're coming to the end of the Gentile era, the time of the Gentiles, Jesus called it in Matthew 24. The end of that dispensation was to be connected with Jerusalem. He said in Matthew 24 that his people Israel would be led abroad into all the nations and that they would be taken by that sword uh, into all the nations, that Jerusalem would fall. It would be surrounded by armies. It would fall, and that it would be led abroad, and that they would be in, scattered into all the nations of the world until the time of the Gentiles would be completed. Mm. So a, lo a lot of the Christians would call this uh, the dispensation of the church era. You know, it's time for the last 2,000 years. So... We talked a little bit yesterday on the way to town about Titus right? and that whole event. Yeah, I mean, I think you get such a deep, a much more deeper understanding of, you know, Jesus's words and the prophecy of what's to come and, um, you know, the reclamation of the land of Israel. One, you know the history and you can really dive into it. Mm. Um, I mean, there were several parts that you mentioned that I mean, you might just go over it again for anyone that's listening. Mm. That really stood out to me. So maybe I'll just go with Luke 21 right quick. So Luke 21, verse 20. And when you see Jerusalem compassed about with armies, 
Then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them that be in the midst of Jerusalem depart out of it, and let them not, and let them that are outside of the country not enter back in. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things that are written will be fulfilled. But woe unto those that have children, woe unto those that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And this people will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led away captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall then be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and in the earth, distress of nations and perplexity with perplexity. Men's hearts even fell in them for the fear of looking after those things that are coming upon the earth. Now, I think that's where we're at. That, that scripture that Yeshua was talking about, he started with, with, as he was telling his Jewish people there in Jerusalem, he was saying, look, Jerusalem's gonna fall and you need to be prepared for this. You need to be ready to leave. I would suggest, you know, and he was even beckoning them to be prepared for this event that was coming. And he said, look, you're gonna see an army surround Jerusalem. So that actually happened in 70 AD. A Roman general named Titus came with his armies. They landed on the Mediterranean and they marched up Jerusalem to Jerusalem. But for seven days, they camped outside of the city. Mm -hmm. Some people say it was the grace of God giving the Jewish people of that era a chance to flee exactly like Messiah had warned mm -hmm. them to do. So Titus sits outside with his massive legions ready to ransack Jerusalem. But for seven days, the hand of God says, not yet, not yet, not yet. And many of the Jewish people fled. Some of them fled to Masada. Mm -hmm. Some of them fled outside of the nation. Some of them fled up into the realm of, into the uh, parts of Turkey, where they would then go into the diaspora from there. There was a, a Jewish historian named Josephus, his last name Josephus, that was born in, 30 AD and lived to 100 something AD. So he was in his prime as Jerusalem was being ransacked by, by Titus. Mm -hmm. And he was a reporter of his era, right. a historian. And he recorded what happened. And he said that 1.1 million people, Jewish people, were slain and killed in the besiege of Jerusalem. And that he records that the Temple Mount, Mount Moriah, where the temple was still standing, that the Roman soldiers went on a blood fest and they began to gather. First, they gathered the, the Sanhedrin and the high priest and, and all the priests that took care of that region uh, of the Temple Mount, and they took them to Mount Moriah and they began to slay them mm. with their swords. Josephus says that there were so many Jewish bodies flowing down Solomon's they were, they were cascading down Solomon's porch from the temple and that a river of blood flowed from the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. Now, have you ever heard that in a Christian church? No. Yeah, they seem to gloss over the actual details, which you know, yeah. I think is a disservice because you really need to understand what has happened mm. you know, in history and the events that are happening mm. at the same time of the, the scriptures you're reading in the Bible to really understand mm. these situations and apply it to your own life. Uh, so uh, other other scriptures here call that the the uh, abomination of desolation mm. spoken of by Daniel. Jesus said that. Yeshua said that. When you shall therefore see the abomination uh, of desecration, that was an abominable act that Titus saw done there. You go into the holy place of the living King on Mount Moriah, and you slay Jewish people on the altar. Mm -hmm. And their blood flows. I mean, man, that to me, that's one of the most horrific events I've ever heard of. <laughs> I would say so, yes. Yeah. But isn't it interesting? We were taught in Christendom that that event's still going to happen, that somehow an Antichrist is going to come to the rebuilt temple of God and desecrate it. Well, can it be desecrated any more than it already was? Mm. That's, I mean, maybe, maybe this thing gets revolved around again, but will God allow 
a second visitation of judgment upon his own people. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that would be an unjust act. If you're, if you're prosecuted twice for your crime, right. and, you're, and you've given two death sentences, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, would, that be, would a just God do that? So when I, when I begin to assess all that, I, I begin to realize, wait a minute, these scriptures were taught to us wrong. That, but Jesus, Messiah, is saying, he, he said that this would happen to Jerusalem. He said that this people would be captured and killed. But where did he come up with this information? Where did Jesus know this from? Did he just know this because he was the son of the living God? Well, possibly. But actually, he was quoting from Amos. If you look at Amos chapter 9, he was quoting it, an actual scripture. Start to read chapter 9 for me yeah. if you've got it. Then I saw a vision of the Lord standing beside the altar. He said, Strike the tops of the temple columns so that the foundation will shake. Bring down the roof on the heads of the people below. I will kill with the sword those who survive. No one will escape. Mm. Even if they dig down to the place of the dead, I will reach down and pull them up. Even if they climb up into the heavens, I will bring them down. Even if they hide at the very top of Mount Carmel, I will search them out and capture them. Even if they hide at the bottom of the ocean, I will send the sea serpent after them to bite them. Even if their enemies drive them into exile, I will command the sword to kill them there. I am determined to bring disaster upon them and not to help them. Wow. That, that's some radical stuff. Mm. So, I mean, verse 1, Amos saw the Lord standing on the altar. That's Mount Moriah. That's where the Holy of Holies was. That's where the Ark of the Covenant is. Mm-hmm. That's where you had the cherubims over the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat. And the blood is applied to the mercy seat mm-hmm. there on the altar. And, and, and a sacrifice is made for atonement. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting to me that the time of the Gentiles, the time of God's mercy on the Gentiles began with the desolation, the abomination that made desolate the Jewish people. Mm. That sacrifice by the Roman Empire, they, they took the Jewish people and they took them to the altar and slew them there. Well, how did they, did, you know, the, the question has to be asked, God must have wanted that to happen. Mm. He must have allowed that to happen. Amos said that it would happen. He says, capture them, bring them to the Moriah, to the altar and slay them there. Even those who are escaped, starting to escape, drag them back. Mm. Even those that went to Masada, you know, were, were incorporated into the sacrifice that God was giving at that moment to ensure uh, a 2,000-year dispensation of grace upon the nations. And, and Messiah defined it. He, he, he gave it in, Math, in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, and he says, this will be the days of vengeance upon this people. And then he calls it uh, the dispensation of the Gentiles. Mm. But that this will also come to an end, this dispensation of the Gentiles, this time frame allowed of mercy upon the nations will come to an end. And he puts it uh, in conjunction with Jerusalem again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it began with the fall of Jerusalem and it ends there when Jerusalem stops falling or stops being tread down by the Gentiles. Now I think that's exactly where we're at today. We've seen the regathering of the nation of Israel. We've seen the land of Israel being given back. And, and, and I, I love the fact that New Zealand and Australia, the Anzacs, were a part of that movement mm-hmm. in 1917 to liberate the Holy Land mm-hmm. and to ensure that there would be a new, a new dispensation allowed upon his nation, a dispensation of grace and mercy upon the Jewish people now. So... All these current events that are coming into play, it gets really complex in a lot of people's mind, but it's really not. We're, we're crossing the, the dividing line between dispensations. The church has no room in their theology to allow it. But the, the God of Israel will visit Israel. He will come to them. He will save his people and mercy will be shown to his people. Now the question that begs to be asked is, will the Gentiles now become slain on the altar 
That's that's a difficult word. Yeah, but that's uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But um, if you go on and read in Luke 21, it says, And there then shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress among the nations. So we know that things are going to begin to get very stressful for the Gentile nations now. You know, and, and America is the bullseye of this. I mean, America is leading the charge uh, of prosperity, wealth, you know, and, and the civil world. And all of a sudden, the old girl seems to be stumbling. Mm. The stat, you know, the, 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 the lady of liberty she, it is, it, it, her light's flickering. Mm. Cracks are showing. Mm. And, but is, is these things that are happening today with the race issues and all this, is this, you know, these cracks that are showing, is there a spiritual root to it? The answer would be yes. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, Peter, follower of Messiah, said, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. So the judgment upon the Jewish people began right there in the house of God on Mount Moriah and in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem's the house of God. Mount Moriah is the house where the house of God was built. And he said, now is the time that judgment must begin in the house of God. So the abomination that made desolate, when Titus began to slay the people, that initiated the desolation of his nation. But now then it comes back again to the Temple Mount area. I find it interesting that President Trump, under U.S. diplomacy, is now the latest in all the presidents since Carter that are once again taking the house of God and looking to it to create peace among the nations when there will be no peace but only judgment to those who picked up that bird some stone. It, it seems interesting to me that Trump's had such three years of great prosperity. The economy has just risen, risen, risen. And then the minute that he releases his deal of the century, specifically outlining the division of Jerusalem. Mm. I know he says it, Jerusalem will remain the undivided capital. No, he's not saying that legitimately. He's saying give eastern Jerusalem to the Palestinians as a state capital. Mm. What do you reckon... That does in the ears of God when, when a leader and the Gentile nations that's had such favor and grace as a nation and a people, possibly at the purchase of the fall of the Jewish people, hmm. when you incorporate their fall, instituted the time of the Gentiles. Now the Gentiles in that time of mercy, when they come against the house of God, because judgment must begin at the house of God, according to Peter. Mm -hmm. The Temple Mount becomes a dispensational dividing line. It always has. Right. It divided the time of Israel's prosperity from the time of their fall. It became the abomination that made desolate. Mm -hmm. Anytime you do abominable acts in the house of God, it becomes uh, a dispensation line that creates desolation. Romans 11 and Revelations 11, you know, also speak of this dividing line. Romans 11 says the same thing, that it speaks of the time of the Gentiles being fulfilled as well. Romans 11, that he put a stumbling stone in front of his people, Israel. The stumbling stone is referring to Jerusalem and the Temple Mount area, and that they would stumble, and specifically Messiah. Messiah became the cornerstone that was rejected. Uh, I thought it was interesting when you brought up uh, Amos 9. Uh, we only read the first, I think it was about the first four verses of that, but there at the end of the chapter, which is the end of the book, um, it's titled as A Promise of Restoration, and I'll just read it real quick. But um, In that day I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins I will rebuild it and restore its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom, and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken and he will do these things. Mm. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will, flow, will grow faster than they can be harvested. Then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. Mm. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. 
They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in their own land. They will never again be uprooted from mm. the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Wow. You know, that, that's really the danger, uh, the era that we're in, is that U.S. diplomacy has taken it upon itself to try to remove the Jewish people from their homeland. And the whole nations really are involved in this. The UN is very instrumental in trying to propagate this into everybody's theology and ideas. Mm -hmm. Churches around the world are teaching this, you know, saying that Israel is illegally occupying the land of Israel. There was a, a, a U.S. pastor. He was the head pastor of the Methodist Church in 2012. He wrote an article called, It is Time for Palestine. Hmm. You got a... You gotta, a 12 million member church and its leader writing an article saying it's time for Palestine. Now, if the Christian people can't understand through reading these scriptures mm. that God is not finished with Israel, then they're in full delusion of, repla of replacement theology. They're accepting lies as truths and they're in full deception. And that's dangerous ground because anytime you're in that form of confusion and delusion judgment mm -hmm. you know you, you you get engulfed in that judgment that god judges that of so yeah god will raise up the tabernacle of david now what is the tabernacle of david exactly right well i mean that would be the temple mount i would i would say it would be the whole city of jerusalem um mm -hmm. you know like you said uh david bought Say it again. David bought. David bought from Oren the Temple Mount, right. threshing floor, for thirty pieces of silver. And you were saying it's interesting that you know um, <laughs> Judas sold Jesus for thirty yeah. pieces of silver as well, right there in the same spot. Mm. You know. Wow. So, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just concerned mostly for Americans right now, and and our families, and and those people that are just so pro-Trump at this minute. I, I know there's not many options back home. Biden's, <laughs> but, you know, I look at Biden, but... I'm sorry, you mispronounced Kamala Harris. All right. <laughs> right. But is Trump the answer? Trump mm. is, is actively engaged as we speak in Jerusalem to divide Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, and give it as a Palestinian state. Yeah. That's dangerous. That's more dangerous than Biden is. Yeah. To, it really is. It'd be a lot safer for us to sit on the sidelines and not be involved at all than to try to yeah. be the referee in the game and decide who, what the rules are. You mm -hmm. know, it's not our place at all. Yeah. It's only going to bring destruction. And it seems that that's what's happening right now, division and destruction. Yeah. Well, the greater exodus is at, at hand. You've got 20 million American Jewish people eligible for Aliyah mm. that have a grandparent that's Jewish that... Where, where the land of Israel would accept them into the land. But you've got U.S. diplomacy saying, give away that land and create a Palestinian state out of it. Mm. Israel is only 40-some-odd miles wide in, from Mediterranean to Jordan. Mm -hmm. And they're asking them to give away a huge part, what they call the Western Bank. Mm -hmm. They're uh, U.S. diplomacy has been, it's the one thing that both sides have agreed upon in my whole lifetime, from Carter, Reagan, uh, the, the two Bushes, mm -hmm. Obama, and now Trump, they have all agreed on one policy, land for peace, two-state solution. Mm -hmm. Two states right. out of the land of Israel, the covenanted land of Israel, of which Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, becomes, uh, they create a corridor from Jordan, this, the nation of Jordan, all the way to the Temple Mount and allow the, the, the Dome of the Mosque to, to, to continue, uh, Muslim worship to continue there, mm -hmm. and, and giving that as a part of the capital of Palestine. They're asking Israel, and, and Netanyahu of all people, I'm so disappointed that, that he's on board for this, that he signed his name right. as a Jewish leader mm -hmm. uh, agreeing with this deal of the century. So, you know, we were talking last podcast about we stand to lose every technological advancement of a hundred years of this because of what Peter said. 
The time is come when judgment must begin at the house of God. Mm-hmm. For me, when I, when I hear that scripture, I think about Messiah at Passover. What is that? I think that's uh, Luke. Uh, I think that's John. Is that John chapter 2? I think that's John chapter 2. Yeah, John 2, 13. And the Jewish Passover was at hand. How prophetic is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a greater exodus. I think the world is, and specifically America, is being staged as we speak for an exodus of the believer, of the Jewish believer, of the Christian believer, an exodus like you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think God is about to judge the nation of of America in such a degree, you won't recognize it in ten years, if they go forward in this diplomatic attempt to to propagate a Palestinian territory or state out of the nation of Israel and give away the Temple Mount of Moriah, mm-hmm. we're going to see the grace of God end the time of the Gentiles end. For America specifically, and God turn into a jealous, angry, you know, I like to say it this way, he'll turn from meek Messiah to mad Messiah. Mm. The second advent won't be like everybody thinks. It's going to be him turning to his people, creating a whole nother dispensation of grace upon the upon the Jewish people, rebuilding the tabernacle of David. Right. They'll go back and plant vineyards and have success mm-hmm. and long eat and drink of the fruit of that while the nations fall into chaos. Men's hearts will fail them for the fear of looking after these things that are coming. The sea itself is going to begin to rage right. at the anger that God feels uh, of America, the European Union, these nations trying and attempting to demonize the return of the Jew- Jewish people to their homeland and give it away to the aggressive, hostile Arab nations that are intent on destroying the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's madness. <laughs> it's madness to me, yeah. and it's madness to God, and we see that right here in this scripture. You want to read that? Sure. Uh, Jesus clears the temple. It should be uh, John chapter 2, verse 13. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changers, coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered his prophecy from the scriptures, this prophecy from the scriptures, Passion for God's house will consume me. But the Jewish leaders demanded, What are you doing? If God gave you authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Mm. In the King James, mine says, uh, and this really spoke to me, especially when God was telling me to flee America and come to mm-hmm. New Zealand land. Uh, my King James says, uh, Take these things out of my father's house. You've made it a, a house of merchandise. And the, and the disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thy house has eaten him up. Mm. You know, if you're, if you're a follower of the Messiah, he's preaching, turn the other cheek, be kind, courteous. If someone sues you for your, for your coat, give them your cloak also, you right. know. Uh, go the extra mile. He's saying all that, but all of a sudden... Man, his everything changed, and he, he they they saw meek Messiah turn into mad Messiah. Mm-hmm. He went a bit ballistic in the house of God, and then they remembered that it was written, "The zeal of his house is eating him up." It got to him. Mm-hmm. It got to him. The fact that in Mount Moriah, on Mount Moriah, on the Temple Mount, there were those doing abominable things. Now, this has long since been that that place of the end of grace. I, I like what Psalms 122 says. I was glad when they said, let us go up to Jerusalem. Let us make that aliyah. Let us go up to the house of God. Mm-hmm. For there are set the thrones of judgment. 
And then he says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the intactness, the wholeness, the shalom. You would do well, we would all do well right now to stop looking at Facebook and the news and all this lying vanities and simply say a prayer, Father, let Jerusalem remain intact. Let it not be divided. I know Trump's saying it's going to be the undivided city. He's lying to you. Mm-hmm. That's, he is a man of vanity, and he's lying right now, and everyone is accepting it as the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, my role before God is to call it out. Uh, at, at, in the prophetic realm, You know, if there's a Jezebel that's in leadership, I have to say, she's lying. Mm-hmm. That, that's a lie. And... and Trump is lying to America right now. He's saying, I, 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 I'm, your, I'm the greatest president the world's ever seen concerning Israel. <laughs> you sounded just like him there for a second. <laughs> and, and that's vainness. Mm. If he was great, he would say Israel should have all the land from Jordan to the Mediterranean and two and a half tribes outside of that. That's what the scriptures say. The Jewish people today need to rise up that are in Israel and say, Absolutely not will we surrender what's been covenanted to us by the hand of God. Mm. Where are those leaders in Israel? We need those kind of people to rise. Why is Netanyahu negotiating with what God has given? He stands in danger of becoming the next Sharon that falls into you know, a, a time of, of coma. If he's not careful, mm. I know he's been a great leader. But you cannot surrender covenanted land. This is God-given land. And expect God to sit back meekly smiling and say, that's fine, I'll forgive you for that. This is the house of God, mm-hmm. Jerusalem is. The Temple Mount area is the house of God. This is where the disciples, the true disciples that follow God will remember it was written, it was prophetic that Messiah was going to change mantles. At that moment, he was going to go from smiley, happy, forgiven to I'm going to hold you accountable 100% for that act. Right. That's the difference in this Temple Mount and this region of Jerusalem today. But interestingly enough, in this scripture in John chapter 2, you know, as he goes ballistic in the house of God over the bartering for it, today they're bartering over the house of God. Trump's got two envoys right now. They left yesterday. Is it a coincidence that these race issues have, have come up again the same day Trump sends his two envoys back to the Middle East? You've got two more black men that have been killed, and it's going to spark another uprising. You watch. Mm-hmm. Why is that? What, what, what's going on with that? You can look at Zechariah uh, chapter 1. It... It defines this reaction of God concerning the house of God in conjunction with Messiah turning angry against those who have come against it. Here he, uh, Zechariah was shown this so many thousands of years ago. If you look at verse, chapter 1, verse 15 The Lord is saying, I'm very sore displeased with the Gentiles that are at ease. I was a little bit angry and, and they, but with my people Israel, but they helped forward the affliction. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a line will be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. It's interesting that Trump is trying to stretch a line across there and say this part belongs to, to the Muslim Arab nations and, and Palestinians. Uh, this part belongs to Jerusalem and they can have the western part and the half mile no man's land. That mm-hmm. can be the undivided city. But eastern Jerusalem becomes Palestine. But God says here, I was a little bit angry with my people, but the Gentiles forwarded the affliction. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I'm returned to Jerusalem with mercy. This is where the dispensation changes now. Mm-hmm. And he says to the prophet, yet cry and say, my cities through prosperity will be spread abroad and the Lord will comfort Zion. That's 
that's the city of David in there. Right. And will yet choose Jerusalem. So, I mean, he's yet to do this. And we're on that threshold as we speak. Uh, yeah. And then skip over to, so where does the black issue and white issue in America come into this? It comes in in chapter 2. Chapter 2, I lifted up my eyes and I looked and beheld a man with a measuring line in his hand. And then I said, where are you going? And he said, he said unto me, to measure Jerusalem. I mean, God is keeping Jerusalem day and night. He's watching, he's measuring it to see if it's divided yet. To measure Jerusalem and see what the breadth and the length thereof is. And behold, the angel that talked with me uh, went forth and another angel went forth. He's got angels assigned to this, mm -hmm. is what he's saying. And he said unto me, run and speak to this young man and say, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls. I'm sorry, Trump. Jerusalem is going to be a town without walls in it. Eastern Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people exclusively. You need to back up and say that as the leader of the USA if you want his favor to continue. The American Christians need to rise up right now and call him and say, Eastern Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. All of the Jordan, everything from Jordan inside the Mediterranean, it all belongs to the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. It's not occupied territory. It's not the West Bank. It's Judea and Samaria, scripturally assigned. So uh, Zechariah is saying again back in chapter two, thus saith the Lord, I'll be a wall of, I'll be a wall of fire mm -hmm. round about her and I will be the glory in the midst of her. And he says, Ho, come forth from the land of the north. America, New York City, mm. the, the diaspora abroad, get ready. You're about to come out of America. You're going to come back to Jerusalem. You're going to come back to the city of your God. He says so in his scriptures. There is a greater exodus being propagated in all this. Mm. Maybe Trump is just a Pharaoh. Maybe well, Bush. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's really uncomfortable to be Egypt, you know? At this point. Yeah. So deliver yourself, O Zion, that dwells with the captive daughter, that dwells with the daughter of Babylon. Is America the current Babylon? For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory he is sending me to the nations that spoil you. For he that touches you, specifically Jerusalem, the Temple Mount, even the West Bank, he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. America and their diplomacy is poking God's eye right now as we speak. And will he bat an eye at this? Of course he will. I mean, he, he has to respond. It's covenanted land. So how does he respond? Here's how he responds, verse 9. For behold, I will shake my hand upon them, and they shall become a spoil to their servants. And you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. What does that mean? A spoil. If America becomes a spoil to its servants, who did they take to be servants initially? It, you know, back in the day that, uh, even Reverend Wright, you know, when he was, I, I, I'm not an Obama supporter. I'm not saying that. I'm not a Trump supporter. Both these men have lied. When it came to the land of Israel, uh, and, and both the sides of America have accepted their lying vanities and, have, and are forsaking their own mercies. And Reverend Wright, you know, he, he, he was a leader. Uh, he was a, a pastor that Obama respected. And uh, he teaches that the black people are the current uh, Jewish people in diaspora and that America is Egypt, and that the black people will loot America before they leave. You said that you had a little experience with that in New York, with the black uh, people saying they were Jewish there. Oh, right. So, yeah, when I was a um, high schooler, uh, I was in Times Square, and uh, they were um, standing there with loudspeakers, you know, I think they were called uh, the Black Israelites. Yeah, and um, very aggressive, um, and um, 
you know, I felt, I guess, uncomfortable being there in that situation and hearing what they were having to say. But anyway, mm. continue, yeah. Well, you know, there is that movement. There's actually been some synagogues attacked by this movement, this black Israeli movement. They, their, their teachers have told them a lie, saying that they are Israel and that they are the Jewish remnant and that they were the ones taken captive and slaves mm. uh, like, like, the, like the Israelis were in Egypt and that, they, that the Passover being staged today is for them. Mm. Now, I'm not taking sides here, but I know one thing for sure. The Christian church historically always thought they were Israel's replacement. They're not. Mm -hmm. That's replacement theology. That is a great satanic lie that the enemy has long used. The Jewish people are a physical people. There's a remnant of them in the nations. They're going back to the physical land of Israel. It's not coincidence mm. that they're back there in the land and that a, a nation like America, the, all the European nations, uh, don't even talk about the Arab nations, you know, that are trying to alter and stop this uh, restoration of the Jewish nation at, that, that we are currently witnessing in our lifetime. But again, the angry Messiah will respond this time and he will shake his hand over these nations that are uh, trying to stop this restoration of God over his own people. And those nations will become a spoil to their servants. So we know, I mean, we know the history of America is that, you know, they went and captured black people and brought them to the States and made them uh, build their houses and clear their fields and pick their cotton and all that. We know that to be mm -hmm. uh, historical truth. And if you look today at America, you see the stage being set for possible looting of America by the black people that are there. They're, they're, Biden stands for that. That's what he's standing for. He's saying there needs to be reparations mm -hmm. given. And, and uh, a lot of the black people that are in this uh, headship and the leadership that are saying this, they're saying all the... Uh, wealth of America that white America owns is illegitimate because it was built upon the back of the blacks. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm not trying to take sides in any of this. I'm interpreting the scripture here to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this simple fact that the root of this whole issue is U.S. diplomacy trying to steal Jerusalem, Mount Moriah from the Jewish people. And God will react because he's a covenant-keeping covenant -keeping God by shaking his hand over these nations. And those nations will then be looted and spoiled by their servants. Not just the blacks in America. I mean, you've got the Mexican people have long been a, a servant, you know. Yeah. I mean, all the different types of people have at one point, you know, even the Irish when they were first coming over were servants. So... Mm. It's the melting pot, right? Mm. So it, it, it's dangerous. I, I worry about what's happening back home. I'm seeing it happen before our very eyes. And um, I, I, I would hope that, you know, somehow America could relent from this, you know, that they could repent from this, that they would hear the revelation that um, this is a dispensation line if Eastern Jerusalem is labeled Palestine, get ready, people. There is an exodus about to happen. The nation will fall. You'll see an earthquake go right through Washington State, um, uh, Washington, D.C. It'll split the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, there, there's a lot of reactions. I've, I've been having dreams for two decades now about this. You know, I've even fled America myself as an American. Um, in preparation for this, for you know God's fulfillment and keeping of the covenant. It's something that he has a responsibility to, but ultimately it does become a sign and a dividing line between the times of the Gentiles and this new time that the Gentiles aren't even aware is coming of the restoration of the house of Israel. That time when he will raise up the, the tabernacle of David 
and restore his land and his people, they're going to plant grapes, it says. Mm -hmm. It takes like seven years for a grape to start putting on grapes. The Christian teaching is that this is all invoking the tribulation period, that they'll be raptured out of it before the tribulation even begins, and that the tribulation in all its effect is only seven years. But Amos says, no, they're going to come back, they're going to plant vines, and then they're going to start to drink the wine from those vines, and then they're going to long enjoy that. Mm. I mean, a whole another dispensation is being propagated as we speak in the dividing line of the Temple Mount, Mount Moriah, and all these issues are coming into diplomatic um, agendas again. So, if you go back to Luke chapter, or I'm sorry, John chapter 2, again, Messiah said, tear down this temple, and on the third day, I will raise it up again. So when you were reading in Amos chapter 9, about mm -hmm. the Jewish diaspora, the Jewish slaying, but then at the end of that dispensation, they would come back, God would build the house of David again amongst them, um, and that he would then orchestrate another dispensation for the Jewish nation, right? for the people of his own house. Um, Messiah confirmed that in John chapter 2, when he says, you know, when they saw him change from meek Messiah to mad Messiah, the Jewish people said, what sign will you show us? And he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Mm -hmm. They said, 46 years, man, we've been, we built this temple. How are you going to destroy and build it in three days? But he spoke of his body. Right. So, I mean, he literally fulfilled that. He was crucified, he went into the grave, and on the third morning he was resurrected. But it goes way beyond the one Jew that was killed for you. It goes way beyond that. He, he was speaking of the temple here, and that whole uh, people that were there on the temple, were, and, and all that that was slain according to Amos 9, uh, Josephus records 1.1 million were killed mm. 70 years after Jesus was killed, after Yeshua was killed. And, they, and he says, this is your sign. I'll show you a sign. This is the sign that after two days, I will rebuild the temple. Mm -hmm. Now, he could have said after... Uh, 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 he wasn't beating around the bush there. I mean, he, he could have said it in any other form or fashion. He could have just said it legitimately to them. Look, uh, you're going to kill me, and after the th and on the third morning, I'm going to resurrect myself. He could have said that mm -hmm. that way. But he spoke of the temple. It's interesting, too, if you realize that mm -hmm. when, when they took him captive that night, as he was praying, great blood fell from his, from his sweat. He was in agony. And Judas betrayed him for the 30 pieces of silver and they took him there to the temple. The Sanhedrin did and they began to judge him. And the only thing they could find to hold against Messiah was this statement of, I heard him say he was going to tear down the temple mm. and on the third day raise it up again. But not, not even two witnesses to, could agree as to what he said. They were saying that he said he would tear it down. Messiah didn't tear it down. The Romans tore it down. Right. So it was a false statement, and those statements couldn't agree. Nevertheless, they crucified him. The Sanhedrin did. They, they said, go ahead, take him out and crucify him. They gave him to the Romans, and the Romans crucified him because of this simple statement. And he said, this will be a sign to you. The temple will be a sign to you. Mm. So it's really one of the greatest signs of our era that Mount Moriah today as we speak is on the dividing table again, on the diplomatic table, the U.S. agenda to give it away to the Palestinian people and the Arab nations to continue there. But it becomes that line of dispensation. Messiah said, 
When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, Israel, flee. This city will be trodden underfoot of the Gentiles. And it did. Mm -hmm. The Romans tore it down. It was trodden under the Gentiles for 2,000 years. And, but he says, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So we're possibly right there at that dispensation line mm. of the return of Israel, the rebuilding of the house of David. As Messiah said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Now for all the Christians out there back home that are Trump supporters, I, I would just simply ask you to ask the Lord today, what do we do? I mean, how do we address this? It's obvious that your Messiah wants to raise up the house of David. The scriptures detail it. The prophets said it. He said, those nations that resist this, I'll shake my hand over them and I'll spoil those nations. Their own servants will loot them. Mm -hmm. Now the answer to this is the house of David. It's so simple. All you gotta do is say, let us participate in the restoration of Israel. Let us, rest, let us be proponents to see a, a, a temple raised up among his own people. Messiah here says, I will raise up the house of God mm -hmm. on the third day. So we've had 2,000 years, a, a day. Peter said a day is like a 1,000 years. Mm -hmm. And a 1,000 years is like a day. So on the third morning, it's time to rise up and let the house of David rise up. It's, it's time to let the Jewish people return. Let them have their land. Let them have their houses. He said, God says, I'll be a wall in that city round about it to protect it from those who want to build a wall mm -hmm. through the city, dividing it. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, there's a lot of triggers I'm seeing or a lot of things that's happening right now that I see that are triggering me to more than any other time in my short life um, to, to say that, we're going into the end times, all the um, unrest, all the uh, natural disasters, um, you know, the, the things that we're hearing these people in power say, um, it, it seems like it's coming right out of scripture. So I, I think all of this is very pertinent to what we're experiencing now. So we'll just go ahead and stop it there. I guess today is, you know, I, I want everyone to realize the temple mount is a sign Jesus said it would be a sign. It's a sign of the dividing line of the dispensations. This represents the end of grace upon the nations. It really does. Now, according to Isaiah 57, it says, the righteous perish and none take it to heart and merciful men are taken away, not realizing that God is taking them away from the trouble that's coming. So, uh, even as Jesus, Yeshua, prophesied, disaster is on the way for this nation, for, Jew for the Jewish people of his time. I get the great responsibility to say, prosperity is now coming for the Jewish nation. Mm. You, you realize how much Messiah would have rather have been able to say that to his people? Mm, yeah. You know, that he, he, he cried over Jerusalem and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you together unto myself, mm. but you would not. Therefore, your house is left unto you desolate. But he knew there was coming a time when this dispensation upon the nations being purchased at that degradation of his own people had a statute of limitations applied to it. There would come a time when that dispensation would end and he would once again revisit Israel in a time of mercy and grace like he has for us. But now then the trouble begins on the flip side of this whole issue. Those nations that are standing in the way of Israel coming home, those nations are under the bullseye of God's zealousness, of his zeal, of his anger, you know, and, and of his, I mean, yeah. It's a covenant. God will fulfill it. He will keep it. He will orchestrate a new time and a new era for his own people, and he will visit them in a great time of mercy and grace. But for those who resist that, those who do not want to allow mercy upon his own people, 
He will not act out mercy forever for the nations. My prayer is for New Zealand today to become zealous for the house of God, become zealous for the Jewish people and for their return, and that our leadership here could hear this simple truth, become the land of zeal, mm. become you know, the voice from the end of the earth that says, bring them home. He says, I'll gather them from the ends of the earth. I think New Zealand has a great role to fulfill in these next eras and this next dispensation that we're entering. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that soon about the land of grace here in New Zealand. Yeah. Until then, we'll sign off today from Eritor, the land of the lone white cloud. God bless you. Thanks for listening.